everybody it's the shw podcast shw this is our wrestling it's me brandon benefield aka b double if you will alongside my commentary partner the other voice of shw gb <laughs> gerard bonner my man what's going on hey man it's another uh cool day and we're getting ever so close to uh rumble jack so i'm kind of pumped about that but are, are you all right like you look a little subdued this week I well, I wasn't sure if I should bring this up on the show or not. Uh, maybe we should have talked about it off air. I'm not sure. But okay. um, I received a video message uh, just a little while ago. It just came in. And okay. I don't know, I, all I can do is just show it to you. I don't even want to tell you what it is. Just, here, just watch it and, and, and see what you think. Here, check this out. Brandon Benefield, Gerard Bonner. Hey, guys. It's me, Logan Chase. You know, the guy that leads the most dominant faction in Southern Honor Wrestling, the guy that everyone is trying to hold down, the guy that you conveniently leave off when you talk about Southern Honor Wrestling on your little podcast. You've had every single member of the Southern Honor roster on your podcast except me and the members of my Honor Society. Well, come August 28th, guys... There's going to be no place to hide. There's going to be no place to run. There's not going to be a reason to keep holding us down. Because come August 28th, <laughs> our voice will be heard. Okay. Um, See what I mean? Like, I'm kind of speechless. I don't know what to say, really. What? I, so, I just need help. Um, I guess it's now two weeks ago we were hacked by... This hold my beer Hansen guy. I still blame Daryl for that. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he was fully behind that. Last week, Logan Chase puts this post up that uh, he calls out everybody, including us. Now he's sending us videos. And am I to understand that he's going to show up during our live pre-show on the 28th? So I, I'm not really sure how to take that because basically he said there's going to be nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. Uh, I mean, is he threatening like physical harm on us or or i don't under, like we're just see this is the problem with the quarantine like you know now folks just want to fight anybody i'm not interested in getting into a fight <laughs> all, this, really, all this all this pent-up frustration pent and they want frustration like I, we're, I, we're I just a commentary team we're just a commentary team i, I don't want any all anyways and and i don't know that he's completely accurate that we've interviewed everybody on the roster because i can think of quite a few folks that we've yet to interview 
on the roster. So I don't know that that's exactly accurate, but man, I, I mean, will, like if you, I will say, yeah, he's right. We have not had anybody from the honor society on the show yeah. uh, as of yet. That doesn't yeah. mean we weren't planning on having them on the show, but look, he, he apparently uh, has something to say to us, something to say to the SHW universe. So I guess uh, when we show up, we will be doing a live show on the 28th, which is the night of the rumble Jack. So, um, Basically, our podcast, what you're watching right now, SHW, This Is Our Wrestling, will be coinciding with the Rumblejack pre-show, which we will yes. be doing live from the Action Building in mm -hmm. Canton, Georgia, the night mm -hmm. of the show. And like I said, it'll be live. You never know what's going to happen when you're live. So if, if he wants a microphone, if he wants a voice to, to say something to the SHW uh, faithful out there, then that's fine. I just don't want any kind of physical confrontation is all I'm saying. I, you, you know, these nights are always very unpredictable. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how we got dragged into this, but I mean, all we're trying to do is create some content to keep, you know, a connection between our, our, our entertainment, our wrestlers, our fan base, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I, I don't. Yeah. So I have no threats for you, Logan Chase. I have nothing for, I mean, like, if you want to come on the show, just please don't do us any harm. And I, I, do we need security for the 28th? I mean, <laughs> I, I, mean I mean, we'll see what happens. I hold my beer, Hanson, who is, <laughs> you know, uh, threatening to hop on commentary. He said that on social media this week. Right. Um, and you've got Logan Chase wanting to beat us up on the podcast. I mean, <laughs> It's just one thing after another, but here's the thing, like for the, 2020. For the last, for, yeah, 2020, what else could happen, right? So for the last few weeks, I've been so excited to get back uh, yeah. to the action building on Me August too. 28th, but now I'm a little hesitant now because I'm like, well, wait a second. I'm excited to be back, but I don't want to, I don't want any kind of situation uh, going down. I don't but, want any problems. But, we'll see. We'll no. see. But speaking yeah. of Rumble Jack, speaking of August 28th, as we've said before, Mm -hmm. uh, tickets will be available the night of the show at the door. So the yes. early, earlier you get there, the better chance you have of getting great seats. So That's right. uh, you want to get there early, get good seats. And let's mm -hmm. kind of run down the list of official, officially announced entrants so mm -hmm. far um, on the official Facebook page of Southern Honor Wrestling, which is probably where you're watching us. Mm -hmm. uh, we have heard Sean Dean, the captain Sean Dean, the mm -hmm. people's captain, Gunnar Miller, You've yes. got newcomer Ben Buchanan, mm -hmm. the heathen Logan Creed, Fearless Musa making his debut. And uh, Logan Creed, of course, was among the final two last year. So. Last year, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So Fearless Musa making his debut. Um, mm -hmm. One half of the tag team champs, Joey Lynch, King of the Moonsaults. Mm -hmm. uh, Tyler Culprit, who last year uh, made his debut last year in the Rumble Jack as Tyler Rivera. Okay. And now we're seeing a bit of a darker side, uh, yeah. Tyler Culprit. So I've actually mm. seen him the last two weeks. He made his debut uh, for Southern Fried uh, two weeks ago. And then last okay. weekend, he made his debut at WrestleMerica, which I was down in Barnesville for that. And uh, okay. it's, a, it's a bit of an eerie kind of a persona. So interesting. it'll be interesting. And then, of course, this week, uh, we heard of three more entrants that were officially announced. The Real Mean Girl, Danny Jordan. Yeah. The Killer Weight, Joe Black. Mm -hmm. And uh, the incredible Huck, William Huckabee. Ah, this will what's, be their first time together since January, right? True, but also what's interesting is one year ago at last year's Rumble Jack, Joe Black right. was actually supposed to be in the Rumble Jack match. Mm -hmm. He had a singles match earlier that night, and that's the night that Huckabee uh, first turned on him and hit him with those vicious chair shots right in the head and yes. took him out of action. 
So later in the night when we had the Rumble Jack match, mm-hmm. Joe Black's music hit, and we thought, well, there's no way he's going to be able to come out of here after what happened earlier. And yeah. then his music's playing, and out comes Huckabee wearing Joe's beads, uh, doing the slow walk to the ring. Like, it was... It was it, a dark side of Huckabee, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah. so we'll have to bring it up because, coincidentally, William Huckabee is our, our guest on this week's episode of the podcast. So uh, let me just put out a disclaimer just real quick before we get into the interview. He's always uh, controversial, I guess you could say. Um, he's had a little bit of beef with uh, you guys in the faction. Am I correct? He has. He has. So, so yeah, I just want to say his thoughts, his opinions are his own. Do not necessarily represent myself or G- <laughs> or this podcast. So mm-hmm. uh, anything else you want to say leading up to the interview here? You know, I, I said this a few weeks back that, you know, if we kept mentioning his name, you know, like Beetlejuice, he would show up <laughs> and he's here. So, man, this Logan Chase thing earlier, this Huck thing, I, I'm, I'm way more nervous than I should be in a moment like this, but I think we're going to be all right. Well, uh, we never know what he's going to say, and your guess is as good as ours. So, uh, anyways, here it is. Check it out. All right, guys, we have got a special interview for you. Uh, As we have told you a number of times, if we say this one person's name, he will show up. We've said his name a few times over the last few weeks, and he's here. He's a big deal, and uh, he's had a huge impact in the world of Southern Honor Wrestling. Uh, who can forget that insane dog collar match from the top of the year? And uh, he's back with us, and he's hanging out with us officially on the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, the incredible Huck, William Huckabee. How are you, sir? What's going on, guys? What's, what's going on, man? About time yeah, it, y'all had me up here. Y'all had, like, a referee up here before you had me up here. Y'all had, like, ring announcers and stuff. Like, everybody... I, I knew, I knew that we were going to catch flack for that. I just absolutely knew it. But here's the thing. Uh, you mentioned uh, GB that how can anybody forget about the dog collar match? I was thinking to myself, Huck might want to forget about that match. Am I right? No. Uh, I, I, think what, I think what me and Joe created uh, during, with that, not only with that match, but with that storyline, uh, a lot of people like want to create moments. And I think that we created a moment with that. So Most I, definitely. I, Although I'm mad that I didn't get the W, I, I definitely can't be mad about uh, about that match because I'm not going to say that match. That match really meant a lot to both of us. Uh, and as we've seen throughout the last couple of months, um, a lot of people outside of Georgia was watching that match. Let's just be Clearly. honest. Definitely. Clearly. And, and you guys, you guys, were, you, guys, <laughs> you guys were just coming off of winning feud of the year for 2019. And then in January, I believe is when we had that dog collar match and everybody right away was saying, well, there's your match of 2020 right there. And we had just started 2020. So that's got to feel pretty good. Like you said, so many people outside of Georgia, inside of Georgia, all uh, praising that match. Oh, definitely. I, I think I told, uh, I think I told Gary Lamb, I was like, hey, Gary, uh, I'm going to tell you right now, like, this, I told him in, like, December, I was like, that match is going to be match of the year. I was like, I don't care. And not just because of what happened during the match, but just the emotion. And I knew, uh, I knew, I want to say in, like, December, I think it was December when when Joe faced David Ali, and we had that standoff uh, in the parking lot, and the cops got called. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I knew at that moment, I, I went and looked at Gary, and I was like, 
we're gonna get have match of the year in January as a first match of the uh, like first show of the year, first match of the year. We're getting match of the year. Like nobody's gonna be the topic, not just because of what we're gonna do, but because of that emotion that we're gonna get from the crowd. Yeah, yeah. You know, we were just no, talking we're just uh, before we brought you on. So we're about a year removed from the Rumble Jack last year, and we uh, GB and I both went back on IWTV just to kind of get a refresher and, and rewatch that show. And that's the show where actually you accompanied Joe to the ring for his singles match with Owen Knight. Uh, he ended up losing that match. And then afterwards, that's when you delivered those two vicious chair shots. And, and that's what started that big feud that became feud of the year for 2019. Like just kind of walk us through a little bit, like you guys' mentality going into that whole set of uh, matches and circumstances leading up to, that big match in January? Uh, I, I think, I don't know if Joe, I, I can't remember if Joe spoke about this or not, but my mentality, and I think Joe's mentality was that uh, it wasn't so much that we had a huge chip on our shoulder or that we felt like we were overlooked or whatever, but we was more, it was more about us wanting to create a moment, wanting to create, uh, I guess, a you can't really say a masterpiece, but just wanting to create something that people wouldn't forget. Uh, I think that so many times in wrestling, people want to be great wrestlers, uh, but they forget what makes great wrestling. Uh, people don't remember. You, I mean, people don't remember really the main event too much of WrestleMania three. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you remember uh, Hogan, Body Slam, and Andre. You remember Steamboat and and Savage. But but you don't remember the matches. You just remember the moments. Yeah. You know, and that's what me and Joe wanted to create. We wanted to create something that people, 10, 15 years down the road, would be like, hey. I remember when Joe Black and Will Huckabee wrestled each other at Southern Honor and in the parking lot, like, oh my God, that was the craziest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And, and it was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. Yes. And uh, so I, I still say, and here's the funny part, in talking about it potentially being match of the year, nobody knew that we'd end up having about four months off so that there wouldn't be too many other matches that would really counteract that. Um, and so, of course, that takes us to this period of quarantine, which has been absolutely unusual uh, for the rest of the world and certainly for the world of pro wrestling. How have you been doing during this period of, of quarantine? Because it's affected people differently. How's it impacted you? I completely detoxed myself from pro wrestling for the most part. Wow. Uh, for about the first three months. Uh, well, I'll say two to three weeks into the quarantine until about uh two to three weeks before it really ended like i kind of just quarantined myself for wrestling i wasn't on social media that much I, I didn't watch really any wrestling um i watched i kept up with what was going on with like wwe and, and everything and stuff but um i basically like detoxed myself from professional wrestling and kind of became like an amateur online poker player i'm not gonna lie like <laughs> uh when, when you're in professional wrestling or anything and it takes up, you know, 14 years of your life for the most part. And then all of a sudden, everything just stops. You have to just sit back and reevaluate, be like, okay, do I really want to continue doing this? Um, let, me, let me look at my other interests, other hobbies, things that I really enjoy doing and stuff. Let me, like, sit back and take time and hang out with the kids and the wife and, and the family and stuff. Uh, and so that's what I did. Wasn't, of course, you couldn't go to the gym. I was like, I'm not working out. I'm not watching wrestling. Like, I'm not going to do anything. I don't even care. Like, I just want to enjoy, you know, the next however many months it is. Just take time and, and just hang out and chill. That and just let my body heal. Like, I've been doing – I've been wrestling 
uh, consistently for 14 and a half years, you know, and up until the quarantine, I was wrestling four to five days a week. Uh, And that's just a lot on your body. So when you get a chance to just stop and heal, you're like, all right, I'm done. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's what that's what my mind has been. Like I was just like, nope, no wrestling, nothing to do with wrestling. Like I'm just gonna sit here and play poker, uh, and attack online and just attack that with the same uh passion and everything else as I was with professional wrestling. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I love that. And it's funny because as we've talked to different people, different people have responded differently. Some have dived in all the way in pro wrestling, and some have done like you did, just a full detox from the world of pro wrestling. And uh, of course, during quarantine, uh, there were certainly other things to pique our interest and to grab our attention. One of them, of course, being the Black Lives Matter movement, which really like came on full board uh, with the deaths of George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor. And uh, one of the things that I saw following you on social media was you were always very vocal about that and about racism in pro wrestling. Talk a bit about uh, your stance, your position, and some of the things that you've seen from that, because you've been very vocal about that. Um, well, first of all, I feel like, much like the athletes of the, the 60s and 70s, um, that we have a responsibility to use our platform, not just to promote us, but to promote you know, the good of society and, and making society better. So I was like, I don't have a huge platform, but I have a platform nonetheless. Uh, and so I decided to use it. I don't know if you would say use it for good or whatever, but I decided to speak up. I decided to like, I'm not just gonna sit here and be somebody just watching and observing from the sidelines. Like, let me do my part because I have children, uh, because I have an autistic son who has mental retardation, who's six foot four and is nonverbal. And I don't want him you know, outside playing and a police officer uh, pulls up whatever and thinks that he's doing something wrong. And then he goes to approach him and there's lights and there's sirens and stuff. And he's yelling at my child. And of course my son's not gonna understand what's going on. And so he starts having a meltdown. And then the police officer takes this as him being violent and then, you know, does my child some harm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So let me speak out and and let let me become a, a part of something bigger than myself. Uh, as as far as racism in professional wrestling, I've said it before on my own podcast. I've said it on several other podcasts that, and as we've seen, professional wrestling is the last truly racist sport. Um, mm. We've seen every other sport, including NASCAR, speak out against racism, speak out against displaying the Confederate flag. Uh, we've seen what the NBA is doing. We've seen what NASCAR is doing. Um, so I truly believe that wrestling is the last racist sport. And then because you still, especially here in the South, you still have the good old boy network. You still have the good old boy system. Uh, and, and so as a black wrestler, as a black man, as a wrestler and a man, period, it's my job to speak out and say, hey, it's 2020. I mean, this wasn't cool when I was younger. This wasn't cool in the 90s. This wasn't cool in the early 2000s. It's definitely not cool now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's time to expose the promoters and these bookers and the other wrestlers and stuff who hold on to these archaic ideals, who believe, who hold on to this idea that displaying the Confederate flag is heritage and not hate, 
even though obviously they've never opened the book and read the Articles of Secession, where every last one of them speaks, mentions the word slavery within the first par paragraph. Um, that I, I believe that most people don't realize that the state, I want to say it's the state of Mississippi, uh, announced and basically stated in their Articles of Secession that white people were physically incapable of handling the heat necessary to manage the crops. Um, wow. that, that the state of Georgia decided to succeed primarily because slaves were escaping to the north and to Missouri and stuff, and those states weren't returning their slaves, and that's why they were mad. Like, I don't think people understand that stuff, and that's why I felt like it was my job to speak out about it. And I'm glad that you did. I thought that uh, it was, you know, it was passionate, it was responsible, and it said a lot. It was brave, quite frankly, because I think one of the things that we understand is there's always this challenge of what's on the line if I say something? What am I sacrificing? You know, what is the potential of me not getting booked or me not getting called or me not getting an opportunity if I choose to use my platform and speak out against these injustices? And so I applaud the fact that you were willing uh, to do that. And you got some kickback, but as you often say on Wednesdays, who can whoop me? Right. Exactly. Well, I, I mean, the thing is, is that professional wrestling is based off of trust. Ha, mm -hmm. nice shirt. That's only good. That's the only good thing you've done this year is buy one of those shirts. <laughs> By the way, for our listeners who actually aren't watching, I was holding up the Can You Whoop Me Huckabee shirt that you can find on ProWrestlingTees.com. No, I was about to say, you cannot find it on Pro Wrestling Tees anymore because they shut oh. my score down. Uh-oh, uh, what did they really? Yes. Oh, no. Why'd they shut it down? I'm not going to say I'm not I'm not going to say they officially shut it down because I spoke out about their uh, I actually retweeted a tweet uh, condemning them for not speaking out uh, mm. about Black Lives Matter and stuff and all the things happening in, in their area in Chicago and them being more concerned with their seven year anniversary than what was going on in Chicago. I'm mm. not going to say that's why they suspended uh, or closed my store down, but I, I retweeted that tweet. And two days later, my store was shut down. Wow. So that's a, uh, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Yeah, that's what I'm not saying it was because, but mm -hmm. I'm saying, you know, well, this is a coincidence. It's, it's quite a coinky dink. Well, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's a great shirt, and I wanted to promote the shirt, but if I don't know where you can get it. Can you still get it anywhere? Are you selling it? Now they just have to contact me directly. I have a, I'm, I'm working on finding the online uh, store and stuff somewhere online. I'm looking at Store Frontier. I'm looking at other T-shirt places. But right now, they just contact me directly, and I can just send them a shirt. Well, while we're on it real quick, uh, go ahead and plug your socials. Where can they contact you? Uh, contact me on Facebook, uh, William Huckabee, Twitter, W.A. Huckabee, Instagram, Will Huckabee. Yeah. There you yeah. go. But, but see, that, that goes right along the lines with what I was just saying, that there is a potential cost that people take when it comes to just being vocal about things and exposing wrongdoing wherever it may be. And, and hey, I've got nothing against pro wrestling tees, however, comma, you know, it is interesting to see the organizations uh, who benefit from African-American talent, um, but yet refuse to speak up about things like Black Lives Matter. I, I, yeah, so <laughs> I, I, I applaud, I applaud uh, your willingness to do this. And I really hope that there's a, a, a t-shirt company or something that will jump behind uh, what you're doing because I think it's necessary. Uh, with that said, let me, 
I don't know. What is, what is he about to do? Oh, oh. Aha, aha, I see. <laughs> he happened to have a pro wrestling t-shirt on. That's hilarious. Um, so, go ahead, say that again. He puts that shirt on, now he's seven feet tall and bulletproof. Exactly. Well, hang on, don't cover up your mic on your uh, phone there. I, I wanted to get there back you to your uh, okay. uh, about what you just said. I'm not concerned about losing bookings uh, because wrestling is based off of trust. Uh, and, and I don't think that I can trust somebody who doesn't think that I just, like me or someone who looks like me deserves to be treated equally. Uh, I don't think that I, I don't trust anybody who can't say your life matters. What's happening? Yes, I understand that everybody gets every race has victims of police homicide, but I know without the statistics being proven, I just know because it's one of those worst kept secrets that you as a black man will be treated worse than I will because you're black. If you just can't understand that, if you refuse to acknowledge that, I, I don't trust you anyway. So I, I have no desire to either work for you and your company or to work with you as a wrestler. That makes all the sense in the world. So I just, I just wanted to say that before you moved on to your next question. Like, let me go ahead and tell everybody, like, if you don't believe that Black Lives Matter or that Black Lives Matter is racist against any other race, I probably don't trust you. And I don't want to work with you anyway. So. Yeah, and, and I think there's a lot to be said for that. And I don't think that people understand that our lives really are at stake with things like this. And part of the reasons why uh, people at times have been afraid to speak out is because things like your store gets miraculously closed down two days later through no fault of your own. Like that's the kind of stuff. And for people, and I'm gonna, I'm coming back in a second. But for people who don't understand why we're screaming Black Lives Matter so much, these are the kinds of things that happen on a regular exactly. basis, and it happens very quietly. Honestly, had you not said it, most people wouldn't have known what happened. Um, and so I just think that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not calling for a boycott of pro wrestling tees yet. I am saying, though, that what just happened here is a primary example of why we scream Black Lives Matter, why we're still talking about it, because these are the kinds of things that have quietly happened behind the scenes that are steeped in racist practices. Beat up. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and on top of that, um, there was a there was a there was a a post going around on Facebook for a while, and I don't know if either one of you guys had ever saw it, but like it was kind of explaining it was it was explaining Black Lives Matter in a different way, where it was like, hey, how old were you the first time a cop pulled a gun on you? Wow, you know, you know what I'm saying? And so, mm -hmm. Brandon, how old were you the first time a cop pulled a gun on you? It's never happened. What about you, G? Uh, I haven't. Well, I haven't had a gun pulled on me, but. I, when I got pulled over and I was reaching for my wallet, he immediately thought I was grabbing a gun. The first time I had a gun pulled on me by a cop, I was 12 years old. Wow. So if you can imagine, you have like children or a, a cousin, nieces, nephews who are like preteens. Imagine mm -hmm. being 12 years old as a grown man putting a gun in your face. You know, like no child, and, and immediately there's a distrust for the police officers right yes. then. Cause you're like, I'm just a kid. Why mm -hmm. is there a gun in my face? That mm -hmm. That's one of the main examples I can describe where it's it's Black Lives Matter because no child, uh, no, no person really, but no child, especially 12, 13, 14 years old should know 
what it's like to have a gun pointed in your face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I totally so. agree. I totally agree. B-Dub. You know, uh, one of the things we've talked about on the show before, and uh, we may have talked about it with Mac and a couple other uh, of the wrestlers that we've had on, is the fact that SHW seems to be one of those promotions that, uh, you, you know, like you said, you're in the, you've been in the South, you've wrestled all over the place, and you talk about some of these different promotions that are kind of the good old boys, some, some are racist, uh, whatever you want to say. But SHW, to me, feels like it's one of the more accepting of, doesn't matter what what color you are, what sexuality you are. We just seem to be uh, one of the more accepting of the uh, promotions. Would you say that uh, since you've kind of been all over the place? Yes. There, there's, uh, I think that there are, several, there are a few. There, there are a few companies where you walk in and you're like, man, well, this isn't your regular wrestling company. Uh, when I first broke into the business 14 years ago in North Carolina, if you saw two black guys in the locker room, either they were a tag team or they were wrestling each other. And that mm-hmm. was it. There was, there was at the max two black guys in the, in the locker room most of the time. Uh, and for me, being the new young black guy, none of the older black guys really wanted to, uh, to help me out or do business with me because in their heads, they thought, oh, this new black kid, if he gets over, one of us is losing the booking. Let's mm-hmm. do our best to get rid of the young kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at Southern Honor, I love the fact that Nobody even, it's not a thing. It's race or, oh man, there's so many black talent. There's so much black talent in Southern Honor. It's not even a thing. It's not even mentioned because it's not like Gary or Dylan have created or fostered an environment where they have to speak about race. Um, Nobody says, nobody comes up to Southern Honor and says, oh, you don't have any Asian talent. Oh man, you don't have any Hispanic talent because race isn't pushed or the thought of that isn't pushed at Southern Honor. Uh, it, you just know that Southern Honor is one of those places where your talent truly speaks for yourself. And I'm not saying that you have to be the best wrestler or you have to have the best look because God knows I'm 40 years old and you can tell that I'm a, I'm a, I like to eat. Um, but you have to, but at Southern Honor, it's about your connection to the crowd and that's all that matters. And you know that at Southern Honor, if you don't connect with the crowd, if, if Barry or Dylan doesn't think that your their crowd is going to respond to you in either a positive or negative way, uh, then you're out of there. And so it consistently it pushes you to consistently get better and to to consistently evolve, uh, not because of race or gender or sexuality, but truly and honestly about because of talent. Yeah. Absolutely. We we lost a legend this week, that being the legend of Kamala, a.k.a. James Harris. Talk about the impact of Kamala uh, to you. I, I, was, I, you know, I grew up watching Kamala along with a lot of other people and stuff. Um, this is going to sound weird. I, I understand that Kamala was doing what he had to do to get a job or whatever. Uh, I never connected with Kamala in mm-hmm. that way. Uh, just because of how he was promoted, how he was presented, uh, mm-hmm. I enjoyed his match. Let me get the let me let me go ahead and say I enjoyed his matches. I enjoyed his body of work, but what I, I could never say that Kamala influenced me as a wrestler or influenced me as a young person. I just thoroughly inter- I was thoroughly entertained by what he did in the business. Yeah, yeah. It's probably safe to say, and I was thinking about this earlier today, that. Kamala the Ugandan giant couldn't exist in 2020. Like I, uh, I don't 
I don't know that that could happen. That's what I've been seeing a lot of the posts that I've been seeing, because here's the thing, and GB, you know this, like I didn't really start watching until the late 90s, 97, 96, 97. So I knew who Kamala was, but I didn't grow up watching him, so I didn't really, you know, know much about it. I, I understood the, the gimmick, the character, and a lot of the posts I've been seeing today, you know, RIP Kamala, but they're saying, yeah, it's definitely a gimmick that would never fly in 2020. And I totally understand why. But it's just very interesting. Yeah. I mean, what do you think, I, Will? Do you, do you think it could it could fly in twenty twenty? I don't. I don't think the way it was presented could have. Uh, but I think that there's room for everything and everybody in pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. I think that you need guys. You need guys like Kamala because that's the complete opposite of a Titus O'Neil of the well-spoken okay. black man. So there's always room for every gimmick in professional wrestling. Without, you, you need the big scary monster and stuff. Uh, and, and that's because wrestling is basically for children. So mm. children, you know, they have to have a nemesis to their hero. You get what I'm saying? I, I don't think that, I, I don't think that there's- Are you, are you drag racing? What's going on? <laughs> no. I live next to a bunch of um, 20 something kids who like to drive Honda Accords and stuff. <laughs> As I cruise along in my minivan. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but I think that there's, there's, you know, I think there's no difference between a Kamala and a, uh, what's, the, what's, what's Husky Harris's giving now? The Fiend. Oh, the I think there's no, hmm. there's no. Um, but I also think that uh, James Harris is a great example that you can be a nice guy in wrestling and be successful. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that we as wrestlers need to understand that, yes, the, the greatest compliment I think now, at 40 years old, this is my thought process now, so let me, go ahead, let me go ahead and say that. At 40 years old now in professional wrestling, after almost 15 years, I think the greatest compliment anybody can ever give you is not, oh man, he was such a great wrestler. Oh man, he was such a great teacher. Oh man, he was such, it, it, it's, man, he was a great person. Like if you, when you pass away, and I know it's not gonna happen to me because I've, I've done so much BS in my, in my, not only in my life, but also pro wrestling. Uh, but so I'm hoping I'll at least be a hundred, that way everybody that hates me will, already be dead um but if you can <laughs> but when you die if people have nothing negative to say about you and all everybody says is he was a great guy he was a pleasure to work with uh, he never said he was never angry he was always willing to help out somebody he was always willing to do business like even if he didn't like it he would do it to the best of his ability that's the greatest compliment you can get as a professional wrestler is that nobody, when you pass away, nobody has nothing bad to say about you whatsoever. Yeah. So that, no, I, I, I get that. I get that. That's uh, I'm still, I'm, I'm still in my mind. I'm trying to make the comparison between Kamala and the fiend and I'll figure you that need out. A you need somebody, you know, Kamala was a Ugandan giant yeah. from the, deepest darkest parts of africa and as a you know as a six seven eight year old child seeing him from my perspective six seven eight years old seeing him he was quite frightening he was a very the yes. stuff that nightmares um absolutely the same as the fiend for today's generation of six seven eight year olds is he's frightening he's a sight to behold it's like oh god i'm gonna have a nightmare because of him yeah 
No, I, I, I get that. I absolutely get that. And so with that said, I, crazy segue, but I think, you know, for some times you have created some nightmares for some people um, with what you did with Joe Black, with uh, what you've done with some other scenarios. And for many in SHW, they may consider Joe Black your greatest opponent. But for you, who do you consider to be your, say, top three opponents of all time? And you faced a lot of folks. Oh, man, top three. In no particular order. In no um, particular order. I will, I will say that up until this, up until this feud with Joe Black at Southern Honor, I think that the greatest, uh, the greatest run of matches as far as stories being told, uh, there's a wrestler, Aaron Biggs. Uh, me and Aaron Biggs in West Virginia Championship Wrestling uh, two years ago, we had an amazing year-long story uh, that was told in several big, huge matches. We had a, a last-man standing match. We had a ladder match. If you go to IWTV, check out West Virginia Championship Wrestling and stuff in Bluefield, West Virginia, and just look at our matches. It was, there was, we were doing things that two, uh, there's somebody at 275, between 275 and 300 pounds, and there's somebody who was north of 300 pounds. We were doing things that guys our size really shouldn't have been doing. Um, and it was the main, wow. just the story that we was told, the story we were telling the, through not only promos, but also through the matches was just amazing. So Aaron Biggs is definitely one of the three. Of course, Joe Black is one. Um, and I will say, um, just based out of sheer toughness, um, and we've only faced each other twice, but just based out of sheer toughness and the fact that I know that if I have to wrestle this guy, I'm going to have to pack a lunch, uh, it would have to probably be Damian Wayne. Um, you, I know that when I'm wrestling Damian Wayne, it's going to be a fight. I know when I'm wrestling Damian Wayne, it's like, I've got to pack a lunch. I know it's going to be a long night for me. I know I'm not going to just pop up in the morning. Um, and even then at like, he's well into his forties and sh he, <laughs> uh, I, I, I would hate to see a lot of the younger kids now wrestle a guy like him, uh, just because he's a true throwback to the territory days of wrestling, where it's, hey kid, we're gonna wrestle until the fans are entertained. And time limits be damned, I don't care if the promoter said, or the booker said, hey, give me 10 to 12. If it takes us 25 minutes to get these kids, to get this crowd into it, we're going 25 minutes. And it's not a slow 25 minutes. Wow. Wow, I love that. I love that. That's a great, great list. Uh, let me ask you this. Since we're getting ready to come out of quarantine, of course, we've got Rumble Jack coming in two weeks' time. Uh, I want to know for you, who would you like to face, period, anywhere in the world? What's a Huckabee dream match? Um, me versus uh, Tomohiro Ishii. Ah, uh, yes. Um, yes. I, I, have a top three, I have a top three list of guys uh, that I really want to face. And of course, Tomohiro Ishii's like number one, but I'm, I'm pretty sure unless somebody books that like WrestleMania weekend at WrestleCon, that's never going to happen. Um, but hey, it's pro wrestling. Pro wrestling, you never say never. This is true. Well, my, see, unlike other people, like other, <laughs> other guys who say, oh, my top three list is because we're going to have, you know, spectacular dream matches. Uh, I pride myself on being tough as nails. Mm -hmm. 
and, and being a throwback to the territory days because that's what I grew up watching. So my top three lists of guys are, are guys who are legitimately considered, you know, some of the toughest guys in pro wrestling. Yeah. Um, and so, and I've said this before, it's like, so I would, I would love to face Eddie Kingston. Um, <laughs> I would love to face uh, Bruce Santee down in Florida. I don't know if anybody's ever going to like, Book that, and I know Bruce had, does still does some matches, uh, but I love the I would love to face Bruce Santee, uh, down in Florida, and then uh, Vordell Walker, who I've I've been in a tag match against him, him and Kyle Matthews, and I was still very green, and I was literally, and I can admit this now, I, I was so awestruck or starstruck and intimidated by Vordell Walker when I faced him in a tag match at Platinum Championship Wrestling that some kind of way I blew an arm drag and like headbutted him right in the temple. Oh uh, my God. He just stretched and beat the shit out of me for like six minutes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I kind of want to face, I kind of would like to like share the ring with Vordell just to kind of like as a redemption match. Like, hey, I'm not, I'm not a shitty wrestler, Vordell, I promise. <laughs> I couldn't really work. I was just intimidated. I've come a uh, long way, I swear. <laughs> yeah, so as far as independent wrestlers go, it would be those three. Eddie Kingston, Bruce Santee, Vordell Walker, which I know uh, a lot of these young kids don't know, but they're like legitimate badass guys. Uh, as far as tag teams go, I think that it's a damn shame that me and Joe never faced Dark City. I, mm-hmm. think, that, uh, I think that me and Joe either as the Sound of the Fury or as Black Lariats matter now. Uh, the fact that we've never shared the ring with Dark City Fight Club is a travesty uh, of justice and stuff in professional wrestling. Wow. Wow. That, that list is crazy. And, now I'm, uh, I'm thinking like you and Eddie Kingston is a match I never even thought about, but now I'm like, oh, I really want to see that now. <laughs> like I never yeah. even would have thought about that one. I don't, I don't want like Impact Eddie Kingston I don't want like independent wrestling. I want like old school Chikara, Eddie oh. Kingston. <laughs> All right. You know, I want the Eddie Kingston that we saw a glimpse of at AEW. I was just he, about to say when he came out mm-hmm. and fought Cody, like he was laying it in, man. He looked yeah. old school. Like, but if you watch Eddie Kingston and Chikara, like I want yellow and black singlet Eddie Kingston. Wow. <laughs> oh you know, another another big dude that uh, that you scrapped with that and and maybe. This was your only match, I'm not sure, but it was the one time I went to a Pro South show in Alabama, and when uh, the SHW title was on the line, it was you versus Logan Creed. Was that the oh, only man. time you guys had fought? Yeah, that's actually the only time. We, we shared the locker room several times. That was the first time we had ever actually been in a match together, and that, that was really cool. It was interesting uh, wrestling with somebody who's, you know, in the world of pro wrestling is a legitimate giant, you yeah. know? He's like a foot taller than I am, damn near. Actually, he is a foot taller than I am. Um, and, and usually this is very few people in pro wrestling that can make me feel small. Um, right. But just standing in the ring with him on Austin Towers or a Jeter, where you literally have to look up and be like, oh, man. Like, oh, just like locking up with this guy is going to be difficult. Um, right. That's fun. It, it, to me, it's fun. And it, it shows diversity. It's like, hey, I can legitimately wrestle with anybody. Of course, you know, as a guy my size, like, oh, you're going to wrestle Marco Stunt. Mm. You know, okay, well, everybody can see that match happening. But it's like, oh, it's Huckabee versus Logan Creed. And Huckabee's the small guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh, what is he going to do? Yeah. Well, that was a fun one, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. And uh, even I remember you telling me that was the first time you had locked up. 
And uh, I was like, man, well, it had me fooled because you guys, you know, it didn't look like you had never touched before. So I thought it was a great match. I had a blast. I showed up. It was kind of a surprise last minute thing where I showed up and called commentary for it uh, across state lines, calling the SHW title yeah. match. And uh, I'm telling you, uh, not, not saying anything, not saying anything bad about Southern Honor. I know this is the Southern Honor podcast and stuff. Uh, but but in the void of you know, coronavirus. Uh, I think that Pro South has done a good job of filling in the void uh, of Southern Honor as far as quality wrestling, creating an environment where young people can develop and grow, which I think is something good about Southern Honor as well. As like you've seen, as we've seen with a lot of guys who've been on AEW, uh, Danny Jordan and Lee Johnson and Sean Dean, you know, these guys um, really got noticed at Southern Honor. And I think that being in the environment with veterans such as myself and Logan and Corey Hollis and Joe, uh, being around guys like us uh, and, and getting that critique and just being in that kind of environment, I think that kind of helped them develop and get ready to be at that stage at AEW. Uh, the same as I think as Pro South is like you see guys like Austin Towers and Trevor Eon and Eric Silva and all these young guys getting ready. They're, they're being there at Pro South uh prepare and that's preparing them to go to that next level yeah i was gonna say you know you and you kind of uh stole what i was gonna bring up here about pro south now they talk about filling a void they actually started several weeks back uh with their return show right so they've been around uh since the pandemic they actually came back several weeks back right yes yeah they uh as soon as alabama opened it to wrestling Mm -hmm. uh, and it was weird the way they did. It was like, it was so many loopholes they had to jump through. It was so many different uh, things. And that was the week. We was, at one point, we had to get weekly COVID-19 tests. Wow. Uh, uh, and we had to get relicensed, um, you know. So, and then there was, oh, only one show, whether it was boxing, MMA, or pro wrestling. And they grouped them all together. Boxing, pro wrestling. MMA and bare knuckle fighting was all booked at one. It was all considered the same thing. So it's like, oh, only one show is allowed per weekend. So it was okay. Let's book up every Friday. Let's book up every weekend that we can. Um, and I think that the powers that be at Pro South was like, okay, like we're gonna if, if it's only one show allowed per weekend, it's gonna be us. Mm. Like if there's only one form of entertainment that's gonna be allowed per weekend in Alabama, it will be us. So let's book up every weekend. And I think that's a very Gary Lamb thing to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was like, oh, only one form of physical entertainment is allowed per weekend. That's it. I feel like Gary Lamb would be like, oh, if it's only going to be one person, it's going to be us. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm a, I, whatever I got to do to make sure that we're the only company allowed to run, whether it's boxing, MMA, or bare knuckle, it would just be us. Period. Mm -hmm. I'll buy every weekend from now till December. It's funny you say you talk about Gary Lamb because, uh, and that's why I don't mind talking about Pro South on our show because I know that Gary is uh, friends. You know, he actually, Pro South is one of the few other promotions that he shows love to because typically he doesn't show love to many other people. So no, he does not. <laughs> right. So, but that's cool. So when, when, you, when you came back with Pro South, were you there right away on that very first show when they came back? Yes, I was. I, been, uh, I, I was working with Pro South before the pandemic had started. Right. Uh, during the pandemic, before they really shut everything down, uh, we went and we recorded a bunch of matches um, just, to, just to have fresh content for fans and stuff to watch on Fridays. Gotcha. So we recorded a bunch of matches in, in like two days because we knew eventually they were going to shut it down completely. Um, so I was there for all of that and stuff. Uh, and then once the pandemic hit, it was like, okay, we still have these matches in the can that we can release. Uh, and then when it was time to come back, it was like, all right, guys, we can all come back. Mm 
Yeah. And I know, so like you and Joe are definitely regulars there that I know of. Um, and I know yeah. uh, Trevor, uh, Trevor showed up at SHW a, a couple times. I think he was actually yes. in last year's Rumble Jack. He uh, was. And so, uh, but yeah, so there's a, there's several talent. Uh, Logan Creed, obviously that I mentioned earlier has been there a number of times, but uh, uh, yeah, we love our friends over there at Pro South and it's a, it's a fun event. So if you're ever uh, just on the uh, other side of the Alabama line there, go check them out. It's every Friday night, right? And they're on YouTube uh, live, I think. Every Friday night in Piedmont, Alabama, uh, you can watch it live on YouTube. Uh, if you can't be in the building because of COVID-19 restrictions, you can watch it live on, on YouTube. You can donate through the Super Chats. Uh, that money not only goes to, like, give wrestlers bonuses, um, but also to maintain the equipment, to, you know, add additional equipment to make the stream better, um, and also to for the upkeep of the building and to get new padding around the ring and lights and everything and a huge Titan stream that they just installed and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it, all of the money that's donated through the Super Chats goes to that. Uh, I also think that unlike a lot of other companies, I think the reason why Pro South, why, why Gary Lamb, and I'm not speaking for Gary Lamb, but I think one of the reasons why Gary Lamb uh, appreciates Pro South is that they're not trying to be everybody else. They're not trying to be the next Southern Honor. They're not trying to be the next Southern Fraud. It's like, hey, we're pro South. This is what we do. We develop young talent. Um, we help develop. We or we help develop young talent. We give new guys a chance, and then they can go off to be something bigger and better. And I think that for the most part, Gary Lamb respects people who has a vision. And while Gary, of course, everybody loves to compete and everybody loves competitors, they're not trying to be Southern Honor. They're, they're like, hey, we're pro-South, and this, this is our lane, and we're sticking to it. Yeah. And, and like I said, the reason uh, I have no problem talking about them on, on this show, on this SHW podcast, is because, like I said, there's some sort of a loose little working relationship there, because otherwise uh, we wouldn't have allowed SHW title to be defended. I guess it was uh, last November when uh, I think you and Logan had that match. Won the title and then was cheated. Yeah. So, so yeah, Gerard, I don't know if you ever heard about that or saw that. Oh, match. I watched it. I yeah, watched yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a bit of a crazy finish there. Where I actually, yeah, I actually thought Huckabee was leaving with the title that night. I so really did I. I was there live and I was like, what is happening? This is insane. Yeah. I couldn't well, believe it. It was, it was a little poke at Gary, like, hey, Gary. <laughs> I just want to let you know this type of shit actually could have happened. Where, like, <laughs> Like just in case you're wondering, like we, you know, we could just drop the title live on YouTube and everybody sees it. Now you're stuck. Like, wow. I have to rebook everything now. Oh, what? that would have been nuts. Well, hey, speaking. Go, go ahead, Jordan. I was gonna say the interesting thing is you could end up with a shot at the SHW Championship uh, by winning the Rumble Jack in two weeks' time, which we found out you will be a part of the Rumble Jack. Uh, talk about returning to SHW, man, and being in that Rumble Jack, because I get the feeling that that night is just going to be crazy for a lot of reasons, and you could easily walk out of there uh, with a shot at the SHW championship. I, I think the word easily is, is the, the key word there. It's like, it's going to be pretty easy. Um, being that I've taken, unlike a lot of guys, I've taken – time off to rest and let my body recuperate and slowly got back into the swing of things. Unlike a lot of guys. Uh, and what I, I think that people forget that if you consistently work it out all the time uh, and you don't take a break, it, it affects your joints and stuff a lot more. So I think the fact that I did take time away from wrestling, I did take time away from working out has actually been to my benefit. Uh, I think that what we're going to see at the rumble Jack is a different will Huckabee than what they were used to last year. I think that, uh, 
as a professional wrestler, just much like The Undertaker and Chris Jericho and the other great ones have shown us, is that in order to be successful in this business, you have to evolve. Um, and I think that the next evolution of Will Huckabee is going to shock a lot of people. I think that there are going to be a lot of people who are expecting one thing, uh, and they're going to get something totally different. And it's kind of like what Roddy Piper said. Uh, they think Once they think they have all the answers, I change the question. There you go, man. We're excited, man. We can't wait to see you. Here's the thing, too, is that I know, and this is no knock on Pro South, but they have a smaller venue, and they, uh, you know, the crowd size isn't that huge, at least especially these pandemic shows like uh, during the uh, COVID situation. But I, and we don't know how many to expect at Southern Honor, but we're expecting it to be uh, pretty interesting because we're going to have uh, tickets on sale the night of the show. But my question to you is, how is it going to feel to be back in front of a decent-sized crowd? And you and the SHW crowd kind of have a uh, kind of a contentious uh, relationship, so to say. I, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to, to uh, wrestling and performing in front of uh, the Southern Honor crowd. I think that it's going to be – uh, because people have been so starved for wrestling and, and not really shitting on any other companies. But you don't book me anyway, so the hell with you. You don't book me so much <laughs> shit on you. Uh, it, it's, it's real easy to draw 200, 250 when you have no competition, when people are just starved, that star for wrestling, that they'll go and they'll go see garbage. Um, and I'll say it, because you don't book me, so the hell with you, you're garbage. Um, it's it's easy to draw 250 when you have no competition. Uh, but when you have competition and people know this is the benchmark for professional wrestling, this is this is the standard for great quality wrestling in the state of Georgia, uh, I think that a lot of these companies that we're seeing are drawing 250, 275, they're going to start seeing their crowds dwindling because people are like, oh, I'll just go save my money to actually watch good quality wrestling instead of what you're providing me right now. Um, yeah, I, I think that, I, I think that when Southern Honor opens its doors, uh, you know, we're used to seeing a huge long line, uh, in front of the doors when doors are open we're used to seeing three, 400 people. You're used to seeing, you know, two, 300 tickets sold in advance. So of course I know that you're going to see the 300 pre-sold tickets as was every show, an additional three to 400 people just show up. Uh, because they they want to see what the hype is about. They want to see what everybody else has been talking about. They want to see why uh, why guys like YouTube, why guys like uh, the Tapped Out podcast, why Stephen Platinum and everybody else at Georgia Wrestling History, why they harp on and on and on about Southern Honor. I think now is their chance. They're gonna be like, well, let's go see what they're all about. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. There it's gonna go. be crazy to see on August the 28th uh, when SHW returns for the SHW Rumble Jack. Uh, will Huckabee will be a part so you guys will be able to see him. I don't know what number he'll be at but I'm certain that when he gets in there uh, it's going to be interesting and he says we're, we're going to get a different Will Huckabee. You can look at his face and see something's different folks. Yeah, no facial hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, no. something's different. So, so wait, I got to ask this, because as black men, facial hair is a big deal for us. What caused you to cut your facial hair, man? Um, I'm, Really, my face hasn't seen the sun in like three years. It's been <laughs> okay. like three and a half years since I've shaved my beard. Uh, and so I woke up one morning, I was like, I'm just tired of looking at who I am in the mirror. Uh, and if you don't change your appearance outside, I think that your outer appearance reflects your inner appearance. Your inner appearance. And so if you don't change the outside, you're not going to change the inside. 
Uh, that and my wife loves when I have a my wife loves the clean shaven face. Uh, it makes okay. me look like two years younger. So my wife loves the clean shaven face as well. Oh, so that kind of face, baby face hook. Exactly. The baby face. Don't assassin. say that too loud. <laughs> baby face assassin will hook a bit. There you um, go. There's a new but, gimmick. There's that's who's showing up at the Rumble Jack. <laughs> but, but seriously, if if you don't change your outer appearance, your inner your inner appearance is going to stay the same. And so, if I felt like if I'm going to come to Southern Honor with a new thought process, with a new mentality, if I'm going to do this whole evolving as as Will Huckabee, the wrestler, the man, the person, uh, I have to change my outer appearance as well. Well, there you go, man. I love it, and. I cannot wait to see you. We can't wait to see you. We can't wait to see the fans on the 28th. I can go out seeing you, Brandon. I, can... <laughs> I expect nothing less from you, Huck. I appreciate you joining us, though. Thank you. To tell you the truth, Brandon, you're my favorite, you're my favorite host on this podcast. Uh, yes. Oh, you know what? Course. Before I let you go, maybe we could get your side of the story here because, uh, because GB has told me about the little beef that uh, Huckabee and the Faction Show have but I haven't heard your side of the story. So, so can you fill me in here real quick before we let you go? So let me tell you something, Brandon. These three jabronis, or actually two out of the three jabronis. <laughs> was, it, was it all three of you, G? No, it was the two of us that were there. You were Courtney and I. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So these two jabronis show up at, Pro, at, at, at Southern Honor. Uh, and they're giving me grief because there's that one fan that I can't stand that may or may not have spit on. I'm not sure. Uh, during the dog collar match. I don't know. Um, but they show up, and I saw them after the show, and I was like, man, like these are some pretty big guys. And I was wondering, like, are they wrestlers? Like, is the big dude a wrestler? I'm not very sure, you know. Uh, but anyway, during the match, you know, I'm talking to the fan, and Courtney decides to step up. And he's like, oh, you want to do something? Come face me. And for a whole, like, five seconds, I was like, I'm going to jump the guardrail and punch this dude in the mouth. <laughs> But I didn't want the show to get shut down because we were in the middle of the match. So I was like, I'm not going to get the show shut down. But right. doing the match. And so after the show, they see me and they're like, oh, man, good match. I'm like, I don't know. I don't need you to tell me that. Like, I know I had a good match. <laughs> so I listened to their show. I didn't know nothing about them. But that was like, oh, there's a show that was at uh, – Gary Lamb was talking about this show, the, the Faction, the Faction. So I was like, all right. Let me check out this show. So I go to a little – I go to a little website. Like, eh, look at the little website. Eh, get the little <laughs> – so – Go to a little website. It's like, oh, they were at Southern Island. Let me see what they said about the show. So they come to our match, and the first thing they do is try to fat shame me. And they're like, oh, man, he's, he says he's a pescatarian, but he looks like he loves cookout. Da, 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 da. And they just start bashing me. Never let me a day in their life. Never had a conversation. Just like, oh, man, he's fat. He looks like Waffle House. And, you know, he, you can tell that he loves his food. And, and for some reason, Courtney thought that I was afraid of him. And then, and then G was on the show, his little pom-poms, like, yeah, Courtney, he looked like he was kind of afraid of you. I don't know if he wanted any of the big Courtney. Like, yeah. Man, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. This is so, just... So they, wow. they made a little comments and stuff. And so I was like, oh, let me share the video. Let me share the little show because, you know, they're in Texas and... You know, most people, that uh, their show is based in what? Your show is based in Georgia or Texas? Yeah, we're, we're in Atlanta, and, and he's in Texas. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, nobody's ever heard of their show. Let me give them some, let me give these little kids a rub. Like, they're trying to make their name in, in podcasting and radio. Let me give them a rub and stuff, because people don't know who they are, obviously. I mean, why would they know anything about the fashion? That's one of the dumbest names for a show ever, but... 
I digress. I was like, mm -hmm. so I give them the rub. I'm like, hey, watch this little BS show called The Faction with these three jabronis who thought they could critique me. Not saying that I, I'm above being critiqued by wrestling fans, uh, because I think that, you know, Larry does a great job. And I think that Rob Rod is starting to do a great job with it. <laughs> um, but let me give them some, let me give them a little, let me give them a little rub. Let me give them some clout, you know what I'm saying? But also let me go ahead and let them know like, hey, I don't eat, you know, meat. I'm a pescatarian. Uh, and I'm not from Atlanta. Like, look, I'm from the greatest state of all of all time. I'm from North Carolina. Like, don't you ever forget it. You know what I'm saying? And then you would think that they would just leave well enough alone, don't you, Brandon? I would. I mean, I would think so. I mean, what happened? No, the very next show. Oh, not only does Courtney and G, and G start talking junk, but they like. But Courtney's like. Hey Courtney, uh, you were on the show, whatever. Do, would you like to respond back to Will Huckabee? So they keep trashing me, and then I'm like, you know what? How about I just come on your show? And then they got afraid. I was like, hey, let me get on the show then. Since you want to talk junk, let me come on the show. It took them all the way until December. I want to say it was either the week of the dog collar match or the week before the dog collar match. Yeah. But they were like, let me let Will, let that Will be on. And then they had me on their show. Brandon, and it was the highest rated show they've had ever. It makes sense. The most show they've had ever it was because of me. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah, that, you think I get for that, Brandon? None. <laughs> never admit. Well, now I'm just They'll glad. I, now I'm just glad that I got your side of the story because I've only heard the one side, and so now it all makes a little more sense to me. So I appreciate you. Sorry, GB, for having to bring it up. Hey, I, I will just say that Courtney, and I'm not throwing him under the bus, but he is the chief antagonist. He said <laughs> most of those things about Huckabee. I did not. He did. No, I just want to be she, clear about. He was that. like, "Hey, Courtney, here's the door. Let me open this up for you so you can talk junk." You're well, the but see, he he doesn't you need much help. <laughs> but you are an enabler. Oh okay. man, I might be, maybe, maybe. Look, hey, GB, just listen. At least nobody on your podcast accidentally called him Huckabee Williams. So, oh wow, yeah, that wasn't me though, yeah, GB. Huck, you know that wasn't me though. That was I won't say names, but that just wasn't oh, wow. me. But I felt bad when that happened, and I immediately corrected it. So, wow. uh, anyways, I'm glad we're all good. Yeah, GB. Unlike you, they never gave me a chance to come on their show. <laughs> oh, see, we were smart, Ger hey Gerard. We were smart. We didn't want any of that. We didn't want any. Of <laughs> no, that, no, dude. no. I'm look. I'm glad he came on. It was a fun show, and uh, it was yeah, it was great. It was great. Oh man. Well, yeah, hey, look. I, I also, go ahead. Go ahead. Before I want to say, I want to say this because y'all didn't even bring it up. I, like the fact that I'm about to ask y'all because Rob Rod has said it in every report. <laughs> uh, are we gonna go ahead? Are we gonna go ahead and say that I have the best right hand in pro wrestling or not? We'll say it. Yeah, of course. That's safe to say. Yeah. Like, is there anybody else who has a better punch in wrestling than I do right now? Hey, listen. I don't know if you ever go back and watch the shows and and hear our commentary, but I in every match you're in, I always say that you give the best, the hardest chops in all of pro wrestling. I, I don't know about the right hand, which which I do agree. Now that you mention it, but I do always say in our in uh, your matches, I always mention when you have the best chops. So, there you go. And they were both on display in the Rumble Jack. I'm punching and chopping everybody. There wow. you go. One more plug there for the Rumble Jack. August 28th, you can see this man right here, the incredible Huck, William Huckabee. Thank you once again for joining us here on the SHW Podcast. This is our wrestling. Uh, any last words before we let you go? Um, 
support pro wrestling. There we go. Um, support good pro wrestling. Support good professional professional wrestlers. Uh, support those who not just black wrestlers, but wrestlers of all races uh, and sexes and, and whatever you want to call it, who support the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and support wrestling podcasts. I think that uh, we, as because I, I have my own wrestling podcast, the Wrestling Nerdcast. Uh, I think that we, as wrestling podcasters, we don't get enough credit for being uh, behind the scenes, doing our best to promote not only wrestlers but shows and stuff, and doing it in a professional, responsible way. So, uh, pro- support your favorite wrestling podcasters. There you go, Wrestling Nerdcast. Be sure to check that out as well, and uh, search for William Huckabee on social media. Get you one of these shirts. Yes. And there you go. Well, thank you once again, buddy. We appreciate it. We can't wait to see you on August 28th. Yes, sir. Good job. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Well, there you go. The always controversial, incredible Hulk himself, William Huckabee. So uh, what do you think, GB? You know, that was uh, was a very insightful interview, actually. Uh, Learned a lot. Um, And I... I hope I didn't go too far off the deep end, but the pro wrestling tease thing really kind of, kind of got me. I didn't even know we were going to go there, and I happened to I be either. wearing the uh, the pro wrestling tease t shirt yeah. tonight, and I, yeah. obviously you see I uh, I covered it up with Switch the uh, shirts. Yeah. Can you whoop me, uh, William Huckabee shirt there? But yeah. total coincidence. I had no idea we were even going to bring any of that up. And uh, yeah. I, but the thing is, I still want to show love to the rest of the SHW roster. Sure who have stores on pro wrestling tees. And I, I do want you to support them and, and yeah. purchase their shirts. But uh, yeah, a little interesting uh, development there that I was unaware of. So, it, it, you know, and I was unaware of it as well, but it, it, it is one of the uh, consistently challenging spaces for people when you recognize that this is how black people can be treated uh, when they speak up about a moment like this. And it, it, it makes things challenging, which is why I'm so glad that SHW has always been very forward-thinking in their approach to supporting everybody, women, African-Americans, et cetera, et cetera. Because then, you know, you don't have to wonder, can I support this particular product? So kudos to SHW. And again, find all kinds of ways to support the wrestlers that you enjoy, whether it's the podcasts uh, that they have or their merch or whatever. Yeah, support the people who support you. That makes sense. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I hope you don't mind. I just had to bring up the, uh, <clears throat> I had to bring up the beef that you guys had <laughs> from the faction in Huckabee well, because I've heard your story, but I never heard it from, uh, from Huckabee. And, so, and, and I, you had told yeah. me mostly what had happened. So you didn't really yeah. leave any, any out any pieces like uh, I thought mm-hmm. maybe might be the case. I wasn't sure. <laughs> no, nope, uh, no, nope, no. Nope. Anyways, well, now we know. And uh, we ho- know. hopefully you weren't too mad at me for bringing that up, but I just had to. Uh, <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> well, it's hey, okay. look, uh, like we always say, IWTV, go on, check us out, find us, uh, catch up on all the shows because uh, the 28th is right around the corner. We will be back live in action, live in person. And uh, you're going to want to catch up. Uh, go back and watch last year's Rumble Jack to kind of get a taste of yeah. what, it, what to expect uh, here coming up on the 28th. So uh, IWTV, $10 a month. Use the code SHW for the first five days free. And uh, yeah, man, 28th, right around the, the corner. 28th, it's two weeks away. Remember, the only way to get tickets will be live at the Action Building. The doors for ticket sales open at 5.30. So you've got to get there early because this is what I know. Whenever we normally get there for a show, 
there's already a line. You know, so you're talking about people who haven't had a chance to purchase tickets yet. I think it's literally going to shut the city of Canton down. So make plans to be there. Bring a lunch. Bring some dinner. Uh, just come prepared so you can get your tickets and be in the action building. And remember, live pre-show coming to you on Facebook Live. This podcast will coincide with the pre-show on the 28th. So we're going to give you a feel for what's happening there. And we've apparently been told that Logan Chase may or may not show up. We can't run and hide, he says. I don't know. But uh, a very interesting couple of weeks coming for us as we're leading into uh, the return of SHW at the Rumble Jack. We can't not wait, like we say every single week. But, uh, hey, until then, we will be back next week. But until then, this has been SHW. This is our wrestling. Boom.